Valentine's Day is here. Instead of getting lovey-dovey or cheesy up in here, we're going to be having an anti-Valentine's Day episode where we discuss TV couples that shouldn't have been together on episode 63 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. And I'm another one of your hosts, Jessica Quaz. And yeah, it's Valentine's Day, Jess. How, how is the Valentine's Day treating you so far? Um, so far, you know, bland and kind of sad, like every Valentine's Day. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't like this holiday at all. Yes. Um, so this is actually the first Valentine's Day I've been in a relationship for in maybe about like five or six years. Um, and even that does not, as Marie Kondo would say, spark joy for the holiday. I'm still just like, eh, let it pass. Um, yeah, not, you know, it's just a sad day for a lot of people. And I think that's what bums me out is like thinking about how many sad people there are on Valentine's Day. Not to, you know, get dark, but anyway. <laughs> well, this episode's going to get a little dark. We're talking about TV couples we wanted, we wanted them to break up or not even end up together. It's a little cynical of us, but you know what? I think Valentine's Day brings out the cynical side in a lot of us, so it kind of fits. Yes. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, obviously you may feel pressured. Oh, why am I not in a relationship? Or, oh, I broke up around this time or blah, 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 blah. We're, we're, we're here for you. We love you. You know, it's, it's all about having uh, some kind of love, whether it's friends or family. It doesn't have to be a relationship. And honestly, most people that we know, who, who really celebrates this holiday anymore? I feel like it's it, it's one of those things that it was popular when we were younger and for our parents and such. But like now that uh, we know so much more about how the holiday started and everything, none of us really care or take much stock into it. <laughs> I agree. I used to actually really like Valentine's Day was like when I was like in elementary school and everyone would bring like candy and those cute little like themed cards, like super cute. But then as I got older, it just bummed me out because I either wasn't in a relationship, so I would feel like lonely and, you know, pathetic. Or if I was in a relationship, there were all these expectations on me and the person I was seeing, and they were impossible to meet. I feel like we all put so much expectation on the people we're seeing like when we're having a Valentine's Day, and that can be a bummer too. So, like Brandon said, for those of you who are listening, who maybe aren't feeling amazing today, just know... We're not either, <laughs> and we're here. <laughs> we're one big bummed out family. <laughs> <laughs> one big bummed out family, but yes, uh, we're we're and we're not anti love. We're just we're we're anti forced love, which is kind of the case for a lot of the the couples we're going to be talking about from some of our favorite television shows. Uh, so Jess, uh, let, should we just jump in? Let's start talking. To, let's start breaking some people up. Let's start 
getting in, uh, getting dirty and Santa Cole, uh, anti Valentine's Day. What uh, what's a couple your first couple you really didn't want them to end up together? So my first choice is Piper and Alex from Orange Is the New Black. Um, full disclosure, I have not finished Orange Is the New Black. I'm not caught up with where it's at now. I think it's in season six or just ended season six. I, I feel like I feel like no one is caught up. No. I, mean, <laughs> I know so many people that stopped after season two or three. <laughs> That's exactly where I'm at. I know I saw season two. I know that the last season I watched was when they all like broke out and ran into a lake for a minute. Do you, do you get that That's- far? That's where I left off season three. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people were like, okay, that's enough. I'm over it. Um, yeah. And I feel like a lot of that reason is because Piper and Alex suck. They're terrible. <laughs> oh, man. I was getting really frustrated and annoyed by them, first of all. But then they kept spending a lot of time on them and less time on like the really interesting characters that make up the prison. So... I was I checked out most like for a lot of that reason. But there's like a few different reasons why they were so goddamn terrible. Um the <laughs> first one was like just glaringly huge problem from the very beginning, which is let's not forget Alex is the reason why Piper is in prison in the first place. Um yep. Alex ratted her out to the cops. And that's what led to Piper being in jail. And then she lied about it and said she never did that. She kept that lie up for a while. And it's like, why would you date someone who snitched on you to the cups, forced you to have your whole life destroyed, and then lied about it? Like, why is that a suitable partner in your future? First of all, no. And then it just kept getting even worse. Like, they kept messing with each other and bringing each other way down. They would betray each other left and right. Like, it's nobody's business. Um, at one point, they had to testify against, like, one of the drug dealers. And Alex told Piper to lie about it. Um, which she did, but then Alex told the truth and fucked over Piper more. It's just like, this is ridiculous. Like, there were, like, no redeeming qualities of this relationship. Like, I understand that, uh, like, relationships we enter can be very toxic, and that's what, like, the show is kind of portraying, but it was to the point where there was, I saw no reason why they would even want to be together because they treat each other so bad. There wasn't, like, good moments that showed, like, oh, this is why they're in love because they, like, fit. It's like, no, they, like, betray each other and then just like having sex with each other and that's that. And, no, I was just so frustrated by all of it and how they let each other just ruin each other and was just really cool about it i guess um yeah the thing that bugged me so much about them was especially in the beginning like i know that like jason biggs's character like was kind of an asshole and like didn't end up like the best guy in the world but like in the beginning of the show him and piper were together and like it totally like piper you know fell into old ways and still ended up kind of like hooking up with alex and like i can't remember precisely it's been years since i've seen it but like i'm pretty sure there was like some cheating involved and yeah it just (laughs) 
I don't know. It felt so ridiculous and uh, just annoying that uh, Piper, like, I get it. She's going to go into jail. But she originally was only going to go for, like, a year. <laughs> and because, like, being around Alex and doing all this fucked up shit, like, probably totally added time to her sentence. So, yeah, I, I think that Alex is just a terrible influence on her. I think Alex manipulates Piper, but then Alex is, like, fucked up in her own way from other stuff. It just, I don't know. It, it, it spelled bad news from the get-go. And I think it's especially a bad couple when... Honestly, those were, like, two of, like, the least interesting characters on the show to where, like, you just didn't want... You, like, you didn't give a shit about them. You wanted to know about everyone else in that prison but them. Exactly. But they're, like, the two main characters. So they're, like, the ones we have to see and deal with the most, which was what was frustrating um, because it just kept being, like, terrible and we kept all having to watch it. And maybe that is why some of us, like, really dropped off because it was just kind of something... It, for me, anyway, it was something I got sick of because I was like, why am I watching this show when, like, 25% of the time I'm just furious at it? Like, this is a waste of my time and energy. And I get it. Like, we, I like flawed characters. And I do think it's realistic that some people manipulate people in their relationship like Alex did to Piper. But again, there was, like, no redeeming qualities of the situation or no sort of even, like, brainwashing a bit where you could go, oh, okay, this is really bad, but, like, I get it because, like, they... When they're together, this this magic happens. No, it wasn't even anything like that at all. So I got sick yeah. of it, and I don't think they should have ever been together. Yeah. I... <clears throat> I, that was one of my, like I said, least favorite aspects of the show. And, like, honestly, I hated Piper as a character in general, but especially the Alex stuff, I just did not care whatsoever. I agree. I couldn't stand Piper. I thought she was whiny, and a lot of her issues were self-imposed. But we could, I mean, I could talk about how terrible Piper was for the rest of the episode, but I don't want to break my <laughs> microphone. So let's move on from this terrible couple. Cause I can already feel myself getting annoyed just by talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I, I'm going to start with a couple. Uh, they, it could be argued that they technically never really officially dated, um, it was kind of one of those on again, off again, will they, won't they type of things. Uh, it's from the show Community, and it's between uh, Jeff Winger and Annie Edison, played by Joel McHale and Al. So, like, Community starts where uh, Joel McHale's character is totally pursuing uh, uh, Gillian Jacobs' character, Britta, but they kind of have like a will they won't they thing. They kind of end up together, but they don't. But then Joel McHale, like Jeff, is also kind of having a thing with Annie, and that's why it just felt very like weird and annoying. Was he just like couldn't decide? I think I'm pretty sure. Like spoiler warning, but the show came out like ten years ago. Uh, pretty sure that's like kind of how the first season ended. Was like on this love triangle cliffhanger like who will he choose and throughout the show then jeff and annie kind of continue to have this like unspoken thing where like they kind of want to end up together but they also know that's kind of wrong because there's like an age difference 
Like, Annie's character is supposed to be, like, fresh out of high school going to college. So she's, like, 18-slash-20-ish. Like, she may have not gone right after high school. But the point is she's in, like, her lower 20s at the minimum. And... Joel McHale's character is clearly like in like 35, you know, and I know there are some people that, you know, we I'm sure we have some parents who there have age gaps with, you know, uh when they date, but I feel like it's a little different because when you have a character that's like closer to 40 and then the, uh, another character who she's significantly younger and her character has like a history of like drug problems and like certain issues like it just feels a little creepy and like manipulative in a way even if he didn't intend it but yeah it was just gross for me and also it it felt like the only reason that they wanted to be together was partially because they shouldn't be together so is there any other reason why they were bad for each other besides the age, or is just the age such a big, like, icky factor that the whole thing's terrible? Well, it was more so that, like, there were just certain aspects, like, uh, Annie was the type of person, like, she loved kind of, like, fixing slash helping, so she kind of just wanted to fix Jeff, and I think Jeff's character just wanted someone to sort of, like, take care of him slash try to fix him. And it didn't it didn't mean, like, that's a good mixture together because they're both just wanting to change slash be changed by the other person opposed to, you know, living their life how they're supposed to. <laughs> and maybe find someone that likes you the way that you are and loves you for who you are and not... Um, like, sure, it's always good when you find a partner that can maybe help improve you in a way but that shouldn't be like the main attraction is like oh i'll fix him to be a better man and and he's like yeah she's young and sweet and better than the people i usually date like that doesn't (laughs) that doesn't bode well for a relationship no it doesn't sound like a good combination no so yeah i'm sure there are some people out there who are shipping them um, uh, or like shipping him and Britta. I mean, honestly, it didn't really make sense for him to end up with either of those characters as the show went on. But and they teased it many times, like with him and then him and Britta, him and Annie. It just, uh, it he, he was kind of a destructive character, and he was a very flawed character, and that was why some of his characters were very interesting. But it didn't make sense for him to end up with either of those women. But Jess, what is the next TV couple you really thought should not have ended up together? So my next couple also played with Will They, Won't They. Not not as long as yours, but I don't think Joey and Rachel should have been together on Friends. And I will defend that until my grave. Like, it was terrible. And... (laughs) Now that some time has passed, there has been, like, some internet discussion about how, like, they would have been good together had they stayed together. Um, But I do not agree with that. And I don't think it ever should have been a thing. And not only is it my opinion, too, it was actually Matt LeBlanc's opinion on it, too. He hated the idea and didn't want to do it. A writer, um, Kelsey Miller, said that LeBlanc said it felt incestuous, especially uncomfortable after so many years of cultivating a brotherly bond with female characters. So, yeah. It felt really (laughs) odd because Joey 
um, was always a character that was, like, really a good... Like, he had his flaws. He was kind of, like, skeezy and kind of a slut and, like, kind of gross. <laughs> you know, and he, he, you know, yikes. Especially in retrospect, you watch some of the episodes and it's like, after the Me Too movement, some of Joey's actions are not the best, but... Mm. Well, there were some times, like, he would make comments and, like, yeah, it was very... I don't know. I feel like a lot of the stuff that he would do, if he were to do that to, like, friends nowadays, uh, women would not be happy with some of his antics. But that was also, like, the point of him and some of the other male characters. Like, they're very childish. Yes. Joey is very childish. And I think that that's also a really odd reason why you would like one of his friends would be interested in dating him because they've seen that very childish shot side. I mean, like for God's sakes, he slept with like a stuffed animal in his thirties. Like what about that is appealing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really odd. And it just, none of it really made any sense because it kind of just came out of like nowhere. Like Rachel just all of a sudden got like really horny for Joey. Like actually, that's what happens. Is like she just gets really horny for him. She had like a dirty dream about him, and then like can't get it out. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Can I bring up the other thing? Which like there was a huge like season long arc where like Joey was like in love with Rachel, like seasons before. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I remember that. I mean, and that was like when. Wasn't that when she was, like, pregnant with Ross's kid? So he's like, I can't... Like, that's what's weird, too, is, like, he had a crush and he had feelings, but he was like, I can't... This isn't ever going to work out, and that's fine. And I would have almost liked it had it stayed like that, because that does happen in friend relationships, where you start to kind of, like, get feelings for someone and then realize, like, this will never work out and could destroy our friendship, like... And just, like, if that had storyline had ended there, I think it would have actually been, like impactful in a way because it happens but then like yeah a couple years down the line Rachel has a dream about him and is like oh I am and now I'm in love with him Uh, what um and that was weird too because like he was also in a relationship and then we like like as the audience were forced to kind of hate this woman because she was dating Joey and Rachel wanted to date Joey, but then she breaks up anyway. It was just like a very messy time in the show in terms of like love life for people. Yeah, and it was, they were running out of steam the last few seasons. <laughs> they really, really were. Um, like, like everyone had just kind of done every plot line they had thought of, and then they were like. Oh, let's, like, just throw these two together because the ratings will surge. It felt, like, the whole relationship did feel very, like, ratings bait. Like, just, like, to kind of try to capture the whole, like, Ross and Rachel will they, won't they? Like, bring that back, which was weird. Um, And it... (laughs) Sorry, can I just also bring up, it was, like, so strange, too, because, like, it also was going on, like you said, Joey was with this girl, Charlie who, like, they were setting up was, like, perfect for Ross. Like, because she was uh, a doctor like him, and, like, they were, like, kind of, like, nerdy in the same type of field, like, in paleontology and whatnot. And, like, they were setting that up to where, like, it was also, like, a betrayal where, like, Ross, like, kisses Charlie, kind of, like, 
you know, Joey sees, and then Joey decides to go and, like, kiss Rachel. And it's just like, really? Like, uh, is this going all... This is, like, totally soap opera and you're really running out of stuff here. Exactly. It was really odd, and it was, like, kind of a departure from, like, a lot of what Friends had done previously. Like, it was just really strange to go, like, kind of in a darker place. I found it to be, like, really obnoxious. And what's weird, too, is, like, there's all this buildup for Rachel and Joey. It's such a thing. And then their actual relationship matters only, like, what, two episodes? Like If that. <laughs> I think it's, like, one. Yeah, it's, like, it's really strange. It was, Same like, this Ross whole thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was, like, it was, like, almost like they had realized once they put them together, those two couples, that it was, like, oh, we never should have done this. Let's end this, like, really quickly, which was really odd, too. Um, yeah, I like that, I guess, like everyone just like moved past it right quick <laughs> like they didn't dwell <laughs> on it but also it was like okay I thought y'all were like crushing on each other so hard and now you're just over it like you dated for two days and now you're like well, mm, uh. part of me wonders if this was like a similar thing to like what I was just talking about with like Jeff and Annie where it was like because everyone was like telling them they shouldn't like you know, Joey was even telling himself he shouldn't. And, like, the first time he had feelings for her, everyone's like, oh, you can't because of Ross. He's like, you're right, I shouldn't. And then, like, the girls are telling, uh, like, Rachel, like, no, you shouldn't. Uh, but, like, that's wrong. And, like, this is this. It's almost like they, like, I think part of them just wanted to because, like, they were curious and also because everyone was telling him not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like that does play a role in, like, some TV relationships, and that's so destructive. That's such a bad message. Like, don't do something just because people are telling you not to. Listen to your friends. Hello. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a weird time. It was really strange, and it was really weird, too, because all that, like, was happening parallel with, like, Phoebe's love life with Mike, and... I love Phoebe and Mike. I think they're so cute. And, like, that was, like, a really, like, more realistic way to handle, like, love drama. Because Phoebe, like, really wanted to, like, maybe get married in the future. And he didn't. So they broke up. She started seeing David. Then they got... Like, I just love that whole story. And, like, Mike and, like... Is Paul Rudd, especially, in that performance <laughs> as Mike, is yeah. so funny. Um, so you had, like, this really, like... Pretty, like, well-thought-out, well-executed, like, love story with Phoebe. And then this, like, atrocious garbage mess with three of our other characters. It was really bizarre. And it was one of the darker times for the Friends, for sure. Yeah. And I just remember, too, because that was going into the final season. Like, that was wrapping up season nine, going into, like, the tenth season where, like, they obviously were just going to go back into putting Ross and Rachel together and it just felt so, like, what was the point of that? Were you just killing time and you couldn't come up with other ideas? So you're like, oh, well, these two haven't, like, been together, so. Right. It was, I think, even more annoying knowing that there was, like, because at this point we knew there was only one season left and it would be a shorter season anyway. So it just felt like there's already, like, a finite amount of time we have left in the show, like, and this is what we're going to spend it on. Like, I think that was another layer of annoyance for me anyway. Um, but other than that, I honestly, I love this show too. I, I'm a big Friends fan. 
and I have been for years. So other than that, like, hiccup, I think the show's really funny and great. Um, but it was bad. It was a mess. It was really a low point for the show, for sure. Definitely. So I'm going to jump to uh, another popular TV comedy. I know it's one of our favorites. Uh, it's from The Office, and talk about Michael and Jan. Uh, this is obviously from like the first few seasons, where uh, Jan is Michael's boss, and uh, from corporate, and she doesn't quite visit the office as much. She doesn't really work there, um, but it just kind of, kind of starts off where like with like a fling type thing where like she's drunk and she hooks up with him and obviously because Michael's like very kind of socially inept and inept in dating he totally like grows feelings for her and I think he just likes the forbidden like oh she's my boss you know and it grows into them like actually dating and I believe at one point like living together and it just feels very wrong for many reasons because um, Jan is very much a character that, like, she knows that Michael will, like, do anything for her. And, like, he, like, is kind of, like, unaware that she, like, has this power over him. And, like, she just, like, like well, he'll do whatever I say. And, like, there's even, like, when the... It's one of the most uncomfortable episodes is the dinner party episode. Do you know the episode I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very awkward and uncomfortable, but I think that's what makes it hilarious. Oh, I yeah, think, no, it's, it's so like one funny. Of their best. It's so yeah, it's funny. it's really funny. But, like, they're, like, showing the bedroom, like, they're doing the tour, and, like, they have this huge bed, and then, like, they have this little kind of, like, ottoman thing at the end of the bed, and Michael's like, yep, this is where I sleep. <laughs> it's like he doesn't even get to sleep in the bed, because she's just, like, you know, totally, <laughs> like, she just commands him, and he just totally does it. And I know that, like, some people may be into relationships like that, where, like, one person is way more, like, in charge or dominant, but you could just tell that this was an unhealthy version of that where uh, I think she just knew that she could manipulate Michael and uh, he had no was not aware at all and I it's I feel like it was kind of a, a turn for the show where so much of the early seasons especially season one like Michael just kind of seems like oh he's so inappropriate oh he's this oh like he he's maybe a bit of an asshole and selfish but then like they kind of start turning the writing around to where like you feel bad for him uh that he's being treated this way and that like Jan is spending all of his money and stuff like that which is just ridiculous because like wouldn't she be making more (laughs) and yeah uh There were some moments where, like, it showed that she cared, but it was just so good, like, when they broke up and when Michael finally found, like, the person he was supposed to be with, because it's just such a juxtaposition uh, of what, like, he belongs with compared to Jan, who's just kind of toxic to him. I think what's really interesting about um, Michael and Jan, too, is that, like, You're right. They were so bad for each other. It was so toxic and so ridiculous. But they were, like, funny to watch. Like, it was, like, this really dark relationship that had a lot of humor to it. Well, of Um, course. It's a comedy. (laughs) 
Right, but even, like, I mean, Joey and Rachel, that was, like, weird, and that wasn't funny. Like, that, like, I feel like it's, there's very few TV couples that you know are, like, objectively bad for each other, but you find entertainment in watching it anyway. Like, I don't know. Like, technically, Orange is the New Black is, like, a dark comedy, but I don't think they're funny at all, Piper and Alex. (laughs) Like... Like, no, like, usually, with, even if it's a comedy, if the couple's together and they're bad, you're like, okay, let's end this. But with Michael and Jan, it was like, okay, this is bad, but, like, also really funny. I'm going to keep watching this. I think that's, like, I don't know. I think they're different than, like, most of the couples that shouldn't have been together. They shouldn't have been together. They're really bad for each other. But, like, it's also very entertaining to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I also, it just makes me think of the one scene where, like, he tries to declare bankruptcy because like she kind of is spending all of his money and like he doesn't have any left and like he's also really irresponsible with his money but like they make it a point that like she's spending a lot of it but then like he just runs away to try to hop on a train (laughs) and she just kind of comes up she's like what are you doing he's like i'm taking a train away from my problems or whatever (laughs) and like there is kind of a sweet moment where she kind of like sits on it with him and is like all right well we're going together uh, it was like one of the few moments they actually showed that like she's not a total like monster but then like she would do something else like in the dinner party episode just break his little TV that he's so excited about <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Jess what is a what is another couple that you think should have ended up together so switching gears from comedy I think Nancy and Jonathan from Stranger Things are terrible and here's why. Okay. Let's, as, I mean, you like Stranger Things, right, Brandon? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. We all do. It's a great show. It's so funny. It's so, like, mysterious and so heavy and cool. It's everything. It's all-encompassing. It's amazing. Groundbreaking television. But here's the thing that we, <laughs> we are all guilty, those of us who watch it and love it, we are all guilty of one thing, and that is just breezing past the fact that Jonathan once took photos of Nancy while she was about to have sex without her consent. And that is so dark and so creepy and not romantic at all. And I think that on principle alone, you shouldn't date someone who once took photos of you naked without your consent. They're like... Like, hello! Like, that one reason alone. Like, Brandon, if you had a stalker, and while you were changing, you accidentally, like, left a window open, and she took, like, a ton of photos of you, would you be like, I'm, like, really into you? Or would you be like, yikes, I'm calling the police? Like, which one would you rather do? I don't know if I want that answer, actually. Let's see, what you say? No, I mean, (laughs) obviously... The like the the answer to that question is obvious. Like you, that's wrong in so many levels uh, to do that without someone's permission. It just kind of screams like like serial killer vibes. Like you know, like it's <laughs> that's like, what it's season just, three is about. Yeah. Right, season three takes a really dramatic turn, <laughs> like true detective style. It's gonna be about a serial killer, and it's gonna be Jonathan. Spoiler alert. Um, but, like, honestly, it sounds like something, like, Ted Bundy would do as a teenager. And I'm sure he maybe did, because he, he did a lot of the crazy things. But, so there's that, like, that's the biggest problem for me, is, like, he is creepy as fuck, and we've seen it in, like, one very big way, multiple, like, little ways. Um, 
But the second big issue I have with this relationship is that Steve is so great. Steve is the best boyfriend. So another dramatic show couple that uh, shouldn't have ended up together was Tyrion Lannister and Shay. Um, yeah, uh, Game of Thrones fans out there, I think we all were not a big fan of Shay in general. Uh, some of it people kind of attributed to the performance from the actress who played Shay, but uh, also the fact that how the relationship ended in season four. But uh, this is a relationship that I feel like kind of a pattern with some of these relationships is that because they weren't supposed to be together is kind of what I think attracted them together. Like Tyrion in season one goes on this great monologue that won Peter Dinklage and Emmy about when he was younger and he uh, actually like met uh, some a woman who was uh, a prostitute back then, or back then, Westeros, you know, back then in medieval times, when that's a real thing, Westeros happened in history. Um, and come to find out that, like, the whole thing was planned from Jamie and that Jamie lied, and uh, Tywin was furious and basically made the marriage, like, break up right away and broke Tyrion's heart because he was in love with this woman, Tysha. And yeah, it just, it you could clearly see that Tyrion's character is very not confident with himself. So he obviously kind of sleeps around. It's kind of a joke with his character in the beginning. He's always like in the whorehouses in Westeros. But he just kind of was like, you will be mine. And they start off in a transactional relationship but there's like no quite transition from like she's working for him to like then they're dating and he's like you better not bring her to court and he does it just it feels very much like he's just trying to piss Tywin off and uh he maybe is afraid he can't find love normally so it feels very forced and i never quite believed that she returned feelings for him but just was kind of using him to put herself in a more powerful uh, position if that makes sense I agree I always kind of got bad vibes from her and it turns out we were right she was not good news at all yeah and like even when like their breakup does happen it feels like very much like <laughs> he's forced in season three to marry Sansa and she's all, like, pissed, thinking that he actually has feelings for her when Tyrion's like, no, she's a child, I love you, and she's like, ah, oh, but you want to be with her, da-da-da-da-da. And he tries to do, like, the best to what he thinks he can, like, maybe sending her to a safe place with some money so she can, like, he can come visit. But, yeah, it just, I never quite bought that she actually shared those feelings. And then, should we talk about the ultimate betrayal that she does... Yeah, it's been years, so I feel like, spoiler alert, I guess, but, like, also, if you're not caught up, like, that's on you. It's about to come back, so, yeah, we can yeah. talk about it. Yeah, like, if you don't know, like, the final season's coming, that's season eight. This is something that is a plot line from season four, so, like Jess said, this has been a while. But first, there's, this is like, a two-parter. She testifies against him in court 
to the, he's in like a trial for his like his life literally and she lies and then that's not it he comes to confront his father come to find out she's sleeping with tywin and you don't know how long that this has been happening it could have only been once but just how messed up is that especially coming from tywin who numerous times on this show just calls her a whore and like you better not bring that whore you better not sleep with whores like da 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 like tywin's so against you know the prostitutes in westeros yet sleeps with her after he knows that she dated his son that is god that is so messed up there's a lot of things on game of thrones that shocked me to my core and that was one because I was never expecting that. Um, I hated her already when she's at the trial and testifies against him and is lying and is like betraying him so hard after he did like nothing but try to love her and be like the best he could for her. And then to find out she's sleeping with his dad, like I didn't, I my jaw dropped when I saw that. Like that was something I really didn't expect to happen. Well, and like something that was such insult to injury was so throughout like the first few seasons when Shay and Tyrion are together she calls Tyrion her lion she says oh my lion you know oh da 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 my lion that's like his nickname because Lannisters their sigil is a lion makes sense well come to find out like when Tyrion's walking into the room and Shay thinks that it's Tywin she rolls over in the bed and she's like oh my lion I'm like come on Ah I didn't even catch that that yes, is evil It is so gross So ah, gross Now I hate her even more Yes um like she's just like oh are you coming back to bed my lion and then realizes that it's Tyrion Yeah I I think it's a relationship that was built on both of them kind of using each other in different ways and because they wanted to try to make it work even though it shouldn't have and then i think it was just that we've talked about it before with some of the other people like it was a forbidden aspect like they shouldn't have been together so they wanted mm, to more yikes you oh are you hello oh fuck hey you froze you up me? so bad. I can hear you now, but I can't see you. Um, God damn it. Oh, now you're back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't hear, like, the last minute or so of what you said, so... Um, oh, I just was kind of closing on, like, what I was saying, how, like, a lot of relationships, it felt like because they weren't supposed to that that's why, like, they were together. It was, like, the whole forbidden aspect. Yeah, forbidden love aspect of a fictional relationship is so dangerous. <laughs> like, it just usually never works out, and you usually should listen to your gut and what your family and friends say and just not... Well, I guess in this instance, it's a little hard because his family is the Lannisters, so you can never trust what they say. So, yikes. Um, but it is interesting, because like you said, like it started off with them like using each other, and then it kind of grew into like Tyrion having feelings for her, even if it was just because he felt like he couldn't get anything better. 
And then it became, like, very one-sided in who you hated in that relationship. You didn't, like, you still really liked him, and you're rooting for him, and you hated her for how she's treating him, and she really sucks. Yeah, and, like, there is one touching scene in the season two finale where, and I'm bringing this because at the moment I am doing my uh, yearly Game of Thrones rewatch. I am, I was just wrapping season two recently, and there's a scene where he gets cut down his face from the Battle of the Blackwater, and he's feeling especially down. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm hideous and a dwarf. Like, you should charge me double. And, like, you know, you should leave now. And she's like, you have a shit memory. Like, I am yours and you are mine. And then, like, she, like, hugs him. And, like, you just see him kind of, like, hug her. And he's all emotional. And more so because of Peter Dinklage's acting, do you just, like, feel like, oh, maybe they are kind of, like... That's, like, the only time it feels genuine that, like, maybe she returns the love. And, like I said, could have been the actress's performance, but also... I think that's something it gives away her characters uh, <laughs> how she really acts that she sleeps with Tywin right after she betrays and tries to get Tyrion killed. Oh, what a nightmare. <laughs> this is terrible. Right? Man, I thought my exes were bad, but none of them <laughs> did anything quite like that. Yikes. God, if they did, I, oh my God. That... Oh my God, that would be so dark nowadays. Ugh. I mean, it was dark then, but like, yikes. Ugh, that would just like, I wouldn't be able to carry on like Tyrion. It would be destructive and dark and I'd be so depressed all the time. Yeah. It'd be traumatizing. Right? No wonder he's so fucked up. And, like, that's why, like, season five, a lot of time he's just drunk because he's like, what? He gets, I mean, he deserves to be. I think he really does. Yeah. But, you know, and isn't that so messed up that a relationship gets so bad that, like, when Tyrion, and we didn't even mention this, Tyrion kills her, strangles her with a necklace, and also then kills his father, isn't it just so messed up that, like, the relationship was so bad that you we were rooting for one of them to kill the other? <laughs> right? I was, like, when he killed her, I was, like, very satisfied by that, which <laughs> is dark as hell. To Like, it's so oh, bleak it's to be excited for murder. <laughs> such an But I was. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Jess, uh, we are... We are wrapping up this episode. Is there any other couples maybe you just want to give like some honorable mentions um, that you really wish they, they shouldn't have been together? Yeah, I just have two honorable mentions, and that is Tom and Anne from Parks and Rec and Fitz and Olivia from Scandal. Oh, God. Fitz. That, that was like the most annoying part of that show. It really, really was. It was like another like Piper and Alex situation where like they're the two main characters, they're the ones we spend a lot of time on, but they're together very boring. And like Olivia on her own is awesome. I want more of that. But oh god, he was so whiny and like it was really strange. And then I stopped watching that show when he almost waged a war over her. It was a whole thing. I don't know if you got there, but it's a nightmare. No, I didn't get that far. I only got to, like, season three. Um, But, yeah, no, it just got annoying because he... Maybe it's more so for me, like, the show, I enjoyed, like, her crew and her, like, fixing scandals and whatnot. 
but I didn't like the actual scandal. I know it's kind of the gimmick of the show, but her, like, with the president and the whole on-again, off-again, like, who's rooting for them to be together? (laughs) Right. Like, who was into that? Because I thought it was terrible, and I wanted less of that and more of everything else. Yeah. So, uh... I have a couple honorable mentions. Um, we were just talking about Game of Thrones. My other one is uh, Jamie and Cersei Lannister, Game of Thrones. Um, obviously, they're twins and it's incestuous. But more, and like they're hardly ever actually together in the show. Like there's many seasons where they're on the different side of the earth, the, the world. But it's just so terrible because let's be honest. Cersei's like the villain of the show and like Jamie starts off very villainy but then he has a redemptive arc where you learn a totally different side of him there isn't a lot of redeeming qualities to Cersei like you feel bad sometimes where she has to deal with the death of her children but also she's a horrible sadistic human being and I really don't want her and Jamie together at all because it just feels like epitome of toxic relationship and my other honorable mention is for Jax and Tara and Sons of Anarchy a lot of will they won't they, a lot of they're together they break up, they're together it's just so many of these relationships we talked about, so toxic and it it ends up in a terrible terrible scenario for both of them like I won't even jump into all the spoilers but yeah, Jax and Tara they just shouldn't shouldn't have been together. Well, Jess, how do you feel after completing our anti-Valentine's Day episode? Good. I feel like I have released a lot of my animosity towards the holiday on judging other fictional relationships. So that's kind of cool. Um, but if you're listening on Valentine's Day or if you're listening like a couple days after, just know if you felt like kind of down or crappy on valentine's day that's fine and if you felt good and loved on valentine's day that's fine too um don't let other people's idea of the holiday dictate how you should feel either way so have a good day do something to treat yourself do something to treat the people you love and remember that you're great and you're beautiful and if you feel down that's okay yes it is okay to not feel great on this day but like just said like you do something for yourself you know could, could schedule yourself a massage or go do some of your favorite stuff or go spend time with friends or other people that love you uh, it doesn't have to be a uh, oh I don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend like no like it's it's not worth it go do something that makes you happy yeah, exactly. The most important love that you'll have in life is the love you have for yourself. So take care of that first. Treat yourself on Valentine's Day. And if you happen to love somebody else, that's super cool, too. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't like this holiday. I don't like the idea of people feeling down. Um, and that makes me feel down. So even though I'm in a relationship, I still get kind of bummed around this holiday. It's just got a sad stigma. And I think a lot more of us should like acknowledge that. Um, but again, if you don't feel negative about the holiday and you have fun and you enjoy it, that's fine too. No matter how you react is how you feel. Yes. But, I mean, we can all agree, based on the couples we talked about in this episode, none of these couples should be together. 
or should have even started together. And yeah, Valentine's Day was probably not good for any of these people. <laughs> no, it was probably very miserable, especially for like Michael and Jan. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, she probably would have put so much pressure on him to do something so great. <laughs> or the opposite. Or she didn't give a shit, and he he's really romantic. Right. And what, like, it's one or the other. <laughs> one or the other. And either way, someone ends up miserable. Maybe they both do. Like, it would be a terrible Valentine's Day for them. Yes. All right, Jess. Well, where can everyone find you on the social medias? I am at Jess Quaz on Instagram and Twitter. I am at the pros T H E P R O Z E on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you could please rate, review, subscribe so that uh, we can get some more people finding the podcast. We're going to be jumping into some more topics coming in for the new year. Um, what do you want to hear us talk about though? Did you like this anti Valentine's day episode? Do you have some uh, couples you wish did not end up together that we didn't cover maybe we'll recap it in another episode but please reach out to us on twitter instagram or entertainmentbuffet at gmail.com we take emails too so if valentine's day is not your thing do it parks and rec taught us all it should be a national holiday multiple days a year and that is treat yourself treat yourself it's the best time of the year (laughs) 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 all right guys We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.